Welcome to Not So Standard Deviations. This is episode 71, and I'm Roger Peng from the Johns Hopkins Data Science Lab, and I'm here with Hillary Parker of Stitch Fix. In this episode, which is the last episode of 2018, we'll be talking about our new segment, the Data Science Design Challenge, uh, where we'll be talking about how to measure and um, think about commute times. Uh, and we'll also be talking about the nature of biased training data in our real lives. Uh, so we hope you've had a good year, and we're looking forward to seeing you next year. Yeah, I'm so excited about our data science solution, though, um, or like the data science systems challenge. Yeah. So do you want to just get into it, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear what you designed. Well, okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I, I, I have problems. I guess this is what it comes down to. Okay. With what? The With the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. All right. So like, Fair enough. let me ask you something. So uh, actually, let's let's review. So in the last episode, yeah. at the, towards the very actually at the very end, and I appreciate mm -hmm. those listeners who actually went all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, we talked about a new developing a new segment where we talk about like a problem and how kind of how we would like collect data, collect or look at data for that problem, right? Yeah, with the with the idea that like we finished the design thinking book and the last chapter was really good, just about you kind of have to learn this by doing like you can study the theory and whatever, but at the end of the day, this field is very much about productive thinking. And the only way to do that is to like produce stuff. <laughs> and so, and so I, we were talking about kind of, you know, the average data science challenge is like, here's a data set, do stuff with it. Um, and so this was sort of flipping that and saying, okay, start with the problem you want to solve and then design the whole system that like the way you would collect the data, the data you would want to collect, the way you would collect it, um, and then how you would like hook that up to an R session or like Python or whatever, like Stata, SAS, whatever your chosen tool is and analyze it. Um, and then like come back with some sort of conclusion. Um, and so, and the one we suggested was like commute times. Just, I think that was like pressing on my mind. Yes, and I think <laughs> given the uh, follow-up you know, messaging after we stopped recording. It seemed like you had very concrete ideas about what was going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, like, like the idea was, you know, maybe you only have one commute method and you want to understand the variance in that. So, like, essentially, like, what range of times does it usually take for me to get to work? Or if you have, like, I have two alternates for my commute method, so it might be, like, how long does it take me in this way versus that way? And for me, the motivation is that I want to make sure <laughs> I know when to leave so that I make it to meetings on time, like a good professional. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I have a lot of complexity that I wanted to start to model empirically. So yeah. I, I, I need your help is what it comes down to. Okay. Um, but um, maybe well, let's go. Let's start with you, though, in terms of your setup, though. Okay, yeah, I got I got really into this problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, what's what is your commute basically? Okay, yeah, I have one where I walk about ten minutes to an underground train, um, and then I take that, and then I get out, and the office is like fifty feet away. Um, and then my second option is to take a bus. So I walk a slightly different direction. I get on a bus, and then it takes me directly there. That's less walk, a lot less walking. So if I'm in a compromised shoe situation, uh -huh, yes, 
<laughs> or if I don't want to go underground because I want to like call someone during the commute, which is like, because I'm on the East Coast, my parents are on West, or no, I'm on the West Coast, my parents are on the East Coast, so mornings end up being a good time to call them or, you know, various other things. So, um, and how often yeah. do you do that commute? Well, less often than I realized where, like, this was an interesting exploration of that because sometimes I have chores in the morning. Um, sometimes I, I have a, like, we have a work from home Wednesday. I think that's fairly common in the Bay Area. Um, it's kind of like protected focus time. Um, and then, so it's like only three days a week where I like consistently going. And then even then there's variants where I'm like, oh, I want to stop at Walgreens on the way home. Or, you know, I like walk and talk with like someone. So it, yeah, I realized that I probably only got like four or five data points. <laughs> well, so this is what, yeah. And also we're only talking about kind of like going there, like coming home really isn't quite as pressing right oh i have that one too. but it, yeah. it's a different there's a different goal there I, I mean if you're coming home right yeah, yeah. there's a different goal yeah. but usually i actually have like plans with you know my partner or like friends or something so it's helpful i because my yeah my boyfriend has a really short commute where he walks across the street <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's usually a level of coordination there like i let him know when i'm headed home and then he can like wrap up things and then you know various so like i actually do care about the time home but for a totally different yeah. reason for actually you know the the, the bivariate commute situation it's like a whole different problem actually that's oh yeah, yeah. so but yeah. we can talk about that yeah. some other time um yeah it would be really interesting to know his commute <laughs> <laughs> and the variance there's probably not as much variant yeah. when i walk to work it, this was not as pressing a problem but it's like modeling how often does Muni get like totally messed up and then I'm like an hour late. I mean, I literally had commutes that took an hour that I was like, oh my God, I thought that was like going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> so. so, so okay. So let me, let me, before we go on, I just want to talk about my situation. We'll go back and forth. How's that? So okay, like, so first of all, I drive every day, right? So it's a different situation. So I have to navigate. But traffic is a thing. Clearly. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but two days, so one day a week I stay home, so there's no driving. <laughs> uh, two days a week, I have to take my son to school on the way. So yeah. that, and there's mm -hmm. like, there's only one route to go and it happens at a very specific time because he has to be dropped off at a specific time. And so there's really not much flexibility there unless I like came home and then went later or something. Um, and then, so two days, two days a week, I just like, I drive straight to work, right? Yeah, I see. So, I see what's so there's happening. only like yeah. at most two days a week where I could like collect. I think where I think I collect useful data, or, or I actually have a problem. I guess is the other way to say it. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you can collect data of like on a day when you have to drop your son off at, at school. What is that commute time look like, and what's the variance? There? I, yes, I could yeah. collect data on that, but like that data is have no has of no value as far as I can tell. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only way it would have value is if you wanted to schedule a meeting as soon as possible after you got to work, and you would have to know. But you're right. The commute time wouldn't be important. It would just be like, on these days, what's the time that I get to work? And so, I guess, yeah. Like, what's the variance of right. that? Right. I guess so. What, like, so one possible, like, yeah, like you said, one possible intervention that could be informed by this data is when, like, what's, when can we set the first meeting of the day? Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. I, okay. I hadn't thought about that. That's it. That's good, though. 
You're not like operating in a world where everything is a potential optimization problem. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like I, uh... what's the earliest? What's the latest? <laughs> I should add that this is not like psychologically sound necessarily. Like it's probably better to just give yourself cushions <laughs> so you don't have to worry. Like, in fact, I'm certain that's true. So, like... well, you know, when I bought my ticket into Hillary Land. You know, yeah. I, I didn't like, I didn't just like go at all. I just, I didn't go whole hog. You know, I was trying to like, you know, slowly break myself in here. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of neuroses to pick <laughs> up at once. So it's, <laughs> I can understand the hesitation. <laughs> so I, but the truth is like on the days where I have to take my son to school, I don't, I never said I'm meeting before nine. Okay. Right. But yeah. maybe it could be, or maybe that's, I don't think I've ever missed one. I can't think of, uh, but, it, we, it's, but obviously I don't have any data on that. Um, but maybe it could be eight forty-five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what made you choose nine? Because it because uh, it's from like his school to work. It's about with the traffic and everything. It's about forty-five minutes, and then I give myself like a fifteen minute. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, that seems far. That's just an aside. Well, it's like all Baltimore is not that big, it's, but it's like all <laughs> local roads. Like it, there's like oh. there's no highway involved. That's painful. Yeah. Anyway. That's- what do you do during the drive? Do you listen to our podcast uh, on occasion? Yes. <laughs> well, I think really. Yeah, well, it's like I, I like it's like a user testing situation. You know, I I, I want to know like how it sounds in a car. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could. Do, I don't have a car, but I could have like various Lyft drivers play it. But that would be. Would that be weird? That would be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before where someone's like, can you please turn on my own radio show? But um, that's anyway. That would be too much. I, I, I couldn't do it. That would be it. a lot. Yeah. That would be a one-star <laughs> rating guarantee. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, go on. Uh, well, okay, so that's. I just wanted to explain my situation. So I wasn't sure, Yeah. like, I was... Well, so, but you've done, like, an in-your-head data analysis. Yes, clearly. For yeah, like and so that probably was you like glancing at the clock and then glancing you probably like subconsciously or consciously make note of what time you get in on those days. Yes. So like maybe that's that might be the sufficient data collection for this problem, right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess okay, I think we solved my problem, which is that like I didn't think I actually had a problem except for like two days a week. But now I can see Okay, now I can see on those other two days that like there's other there's a different problem to solve. Yeah, no, I'm really glad. That's what I like to do. I like to make people have new problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, now let's go back to you, though. Okay. Yeah. So, because yeah. you, I think, have gone farther down this road. Yeah, I have a yes. clearer use case. But I think this is part of the data science process, like design process, is like calibrating. Like, does the use case match? Does the data collection match the use case? Like, is there a problem to solve? And I think I think you're right to point out that this like exercise is essentially saying, can you upgrade this problem to one you want to solve? Because it's an op- like the benefit is not just the tangible like now I know what time I can schedule a meeting, but it's also like this is an opportunity to practice creating a data science system and thinking through these trade-offs. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so and also like you had two problems. <laughs> also just like recognizing, you know, as much as we might joke about your obsessive need to optimize everything. Um, but, but also recognizing when such a situation exists, you know, 
um, mm-hmm. and totally. so is important. Yeah, I, I think what's been a revelation for me is that, I mean, that's just something I've been doing my whole life, you know, and then um, it's like, it ended up translating pretty well to data science work, where it's <laughs> yeah. like systems thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the other thing. It's like, data science gets this like shiny, like, ooh, this is like such a cool thing. And like data is unlocking. But at the end of the day, it's all just things like this, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, we were able to log when people click on the internet and like, let's do lots of stuff with that. And what systems are enabled and we can start to granularly test things. But like, some engineer at some point was like, oh, cool, we can log this. You know, it's like there was some like fairly easy thought process for collecting that data. Um, and so like you don't always have to be the person following that. You can be the person who's leading that. You right, know? right. And it, it usually is not like some super special, like advanced thinking thing. It's more just like, wouldn't it be cool if we would have this or like. Yeah. So tell me about your system. Yeah, my system. So I, I, I really, I, I, I re, um, I got to reintroduce myself to a few tools that were really exciting. <laughs> so, so I thought a lot. So like basically, and we had someone email in about this, where there's like the whole like Google location history, and also Google kind of Google Maps has an algorithm for this, right? Where they predict your commute time based on traffic and whatever. Um, And so someone wrote in about like looking at predictions from Google Maps for like various houses that he was looking at or like his own house. And that was super cool where he was logging that information to understand like, where should I move? Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I at first was thinking about that because I have location history on and I look at it a lot. But there's also like a fair degree of uncertainty there. Like sometimes it just puts me in these really weird spots or like, I don't know, I lose I lose GPS signal when I go underground. And I mean, and also I I do not know how to get data in an API sense from that. So I knew it would be manual data. Like I would in order to analyze the data, I would have to go back and be like, okay, let me go and collect the data from this, like, measurement device. Right. Um, So I wanted, I was trying to figure out what I could use instead. And at some point I realized that, like, two things that reliably happen happen every time I do a commute is that my phone disconnects from my home Wi-Fi and then it reconnects to my work Wi-Fi. And so I spent some time trying to figure out if I could log that information, like if there's an app that logged that. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. There's not. Okay. <laughs> but there is like a program called If This Then That. Yeah. <laughs> or like an app. And so with that, you can say like when my phone disconnects from Wi-Fi, do something. Um, and you can set it to a specific Wi-Fi. So. I did, okay. So that was I didn't know that. Exciting. That's actually super useful. Okay. I know, like, <laughs> like you got me thinking of all kinds like, of things now. <laughs> I know that was my creative leap, if you will, or the creative bridge that got built. Cause I was like, Oh yes, there's like a way to do this in a systematic way. Um, and then the other, so then it was like, where do I upload it? And someone at work started using Airtable, Um, and I liked it. So I looked into that and it was like perfect for this use case where you can just like, like one of the if this then that things is to upload it to Airtable and like, you know, like I, so that was like, 
that was the system I chose. And you could choose any database manager or even, I think you could even use Google Drive. I think I tried to use that and I did not do, I looked at like Google Drive, not Google Sheets. And so I was like, oh, Drive can't do this. But actually when I looked at Sheets, you could. Oh, uh, okay, but yeah. By then, I was, like, into Airtable, and so I was like, Airtable's great. I can't wait to use this, so whatever. I used Airtable. Um, so then the second thing, though, was, like, what commute method did I use? And so with that, I set up a system. I wanted it to just be, like, really seamless of, like, I wish that somehow I could just automatically log it, but I couldn't figure out. I'm sure there's some way to figure out how you commuted, but like Google, the Google location history does that where they figure out like you were on a train or you were on, you were driving. Um, and so, but I couldn't figure that out. I didn't even really try, but I figured that I sent up a second if this and that where it would text or it didn't text me, but it would remind me to log my commute. And then I set up something where I just text if this and that with like, Muni or bus. I call the train Muni, even though they're both Muni. But anyway, it's like Muni or bus or... Um, you text it like a code word, basically. Yeah, I started texting a code word. And so I would say in terms of data collection, like the Wi-Fi had some issues because your phone has to be like awake in order to like remember that it disconnected or something like well i, I was just gonna wonder like how does that happen automatically it just does uh, yeah it happens automatically if you're like have used your phone recently and then if not i would notice that it would take like five or ten minutes to like wake up and be like oh we're disconnected <laughs> so that was like one issue but then i also am usually when i'm leaving i'm like setting up an audiobook or like music or something like usually i'm using my phone on the way out the door so it's fine um and like i would get a push notification when it, the applet ran so i would see like oh okay like it did actually you know it logged this data correctly um Going going into the office was harder and sometimes and also another thing was that it would like connect and disconnect throughout the day. But I think actually like just from a logic standpoint, it was always like the first connect to work is the commute, you know. And so I can like filter out other all the other connects to work and just look at the first one. Um anyway, so that was my data collection method, but it did not go perfectly because of this variance issue. Like I think I'll end up, ha I did not do the analysis yet, but I'll end up having to scrub the data. Like, so I was trying to avoid manual data scrubbing, but I think I'm going to have to do it anyway. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is the, and, you know, this is the first cut, right? Yeah, this is the first cut. I should have set up an ignore thing for like, oh, ignore, like today's commute was weird. Ignore it. Um, and then I could like, you know, triangulate that as like, just remove that day from my data collection. Um, but yeah, I would say that I was pretty, I was pretty chuffed. Like I felt, I feel pretty proud of like the system I set up. No, I'm like, I'm like blown away. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Roger, you just got stuck in like, why? Which again, to be clear, that's probably the appropriate response <laughs> to this situation. But no, I'm like, I'm, I'm super impressed because now you got me thinking because like, so like um you know Apple has this whole like shortcuts uh thing which is kind of like an if this then that type of programming language if, you know so to speak 
Um, and I'm wondering, because I think you can have it so, like, when you leave a certain location, like, an event, like, it triggers an action. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and then when you yeah. arrive at a certain location, it triggers another action. So I need to figure out um, how to do that, actually. And that, yeah. that would be nice if it could be done automatically. Exactly. Yeah, I knew if I've learned anything from working in, like, customer-facing businesses, it's that you need things to be as absolutely simple as possible. <laughs> like, any data collection method that's high touch will fail. <laughs> like, period. It's anyway. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you're in a medical setting or something, I mean, that's why scientists do this work because, like, sometimes it's worth it. But in general, passive data collection is the best. Now, let's talk about covariates, though. Yeah. So at this point, given what you've described, you're and assuming it all works. Like, you've calculate you collect what the start and stop time, I guess, right? Yeah, start and stop time for to work and coming home with obviously some variance involved. And then the one that I usually have, but not always, is some sort of commute method that's associated with like some time close to when the connect happened. You know, and that and that comes from from what? From me texting and being like, I took Muni today. And so it's like, you know, there's like timestamps associated with all of them. And then from the times, you can get things like the day of the week or or something like that. It's stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's a, oh, I had to, it, it's unfortunately, it's a timestamp, but it has care. It's like, this happened at blank or so. Like, I have, oh, to it's like, like a, it's like a sentence. Yeah. So yeah. I have to go and like scrub that. But that's programmatic, right? So that's, you know, a solvable problem. But yeah. So I have a full timestamp so that, I can, like, use, you know, the Lubridate package in R to, like, get just the day or, you know, abstract just the time. You know, I can I can do stuff with that. Now, do you need to, do we, do you need any other covariates in terms of, like, yes, today's Tuesday, but to, today was, like, a special Tuesday because of blah, blah, you know, whatever happened? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, like, because of what, I mean, that's the thing, like, what is, var- what's in the variance? Like, is it that I stopped at Walgreens or does that mean that I ignore that day or is that just like, yes, that's part of the variance I'm trying to capture. Um, yeah, I think, or like, is it like Muni was down? So I had to pop out of Muni and take like a bus or like the Muni train was down. And so I had to take a bus. Cause that definitely happened like yesterday. <laughs> right. Well, I think, I mean like that you are trying to capture that, right? Because that's not something that's necessarily within your control. Yeah. Right? That one I want to capture. It makes the covariate thing iffy, but then I guess I could just say today was the day I intended to take Muni and, or the train and it failed, but like that's something I need to know for days when I'm like, I'm going to take Muni and get it work by this time. It's like, well, sometimes there's like a catastrophic failure. <laughs> you yeah, have right. to like walk to work or, you know, something like that. Well, it becomes yeah. like a compliance situation, right? Like you could say, do you want to know how long does it take when you take Muni or how long does it take when you intend to take Muni? Yeah. Yeah. Intention to treat. That's yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yes. That's exactly it. Um, so I th- I, Cause I think you're interested in, the intention to treat effect, right? Not the actual effect. Yes. Right? Yes. Cause yeah, that's the thing that's actionable by me is like, like I leave and I'm like, this is my intention to treat. <laughs> and this is the range of outcomes I can expect. So I think in the case where you're like stopping at Walgreens or whatever, I don't like that. I think is different because it's like, that's a, you, 
it's not like yeah, that's predictable, I guess, in some and controllable, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe like that's like gets into the like how much or is free it? will, yeah. <laughs> like, what's the probability of me getting distracted and deciding I need to do a chore? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, is that ever necessary? No. So, like, <laughs> like I can always go home first and then do the chore. So. Um, yeah, but I agree that for me, for for my world that I live in, I don't want to add that to, like, the, in the in the world I exist in where I believe free will is somewhat determined by your brain. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to include that in my data set. Oh, you do not want to include I don't, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless I want to measure, like, when I go to this specific Walgreens. I do have, on my way home from work, I have, like, a mailbox um, at, like, a UPS store. And so I frequently stop there. So that, I actually, that's right. That was one of my, I actually set up that as a third commute method of, like, UPS. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. That's one way to do it. Be like, rather than embed covariates with, within a commute, you could just call it a different method yeah right exactly yeah because yeah, they're not i mean i guess it's yeah i guess i'm just thinking them as like all sufficiently different that they shouldn't be modeled together but i guess now that you're saying that there is um a commonality between like i take the train and then i stop at the ups store and then i walk home from there so the train component is the same so right yeah and since we're dealing with a small data set Maybe I should exploit that sameness. Yeah. Yeah. Like just add a UPS variable, like you're saying. But then that kind of complicates the data collection, right? I mean, well, not necessarily because I can, I think that's something I can solve programmatically with my existing system. Because on days when it's like UPS, I just, I know that that means like add add that to the model not like segment these models so two so two questions now okay what 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 do you intend to do with the data oh i think i'll i will use it in my mental calculation of what time to get home and like like usually what happens with the ups thing is that i like texted my boyfriend like i'm headed home and i'll be home at x time and then I remember on the commute that I wanted to stop at the UPS store. And so then it's like, can I squeeze that in? Or like, will that be unfair to him? Because now he'll go home expecting me to be at home at this time. Like, in my head, it's like an extra minute. But I actually think it's an extra like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like the like being a good girlfriend situation of like wanting to not mislead him every time in a systematic way that feels like taking advantage, you know, I, what I love about this is that I feel like in, there's like an alternate universe data analysis happening right now where he's like taking your, you know, your, your predicted time of arrival and comparing it to the actual time of arrival. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but like, I, I, it's like, I don't know. I'm also trying to combat being the person who's like, you know, always five minutes late to a you know meeting or something. And so it's like, it's like, it, that's like, an, I don't know, you know, those shirts that are like, sorry, I'm late. Right. I, I want to be like the opposite of that person. Because I'm like, I am late, but I'm not just going to be like, petulantly like, that's right. You wait for me. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. That's why I'm like, this is fun. This is a fun way to like, 
still be the person who's always trying to squeeze in an extra chore and like impatient in general. But like the actual solution to this is me like practicing with my impatience and like getting to the bottom of why that's happening. And, like, well, so there is a question of like, is, is, do you think this data collection could lead to, could make the problem worse in the sense that it might make you think that you have more precision than you actually do. <laughs> yes, I think absolutely. Like the right solution to this is to just like do the mental calculation in your head and say, okay, I like, let me leave a, a comfortable buffer because I value this other person's time and I'm going to show up and be a reliable person to that other person. Right. Like that's like the right solution. And like trying to like squeeze every minute out of the day and be like, Ooh, but I can stop at the UPS store. Like that's right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. That's what like almost everyone does, and that's why everyone's like, "I'm so busy," you know. So like, I I'm like indulging that side, but I like to trick myself that like the self awareness makes it okay, you know. Let me let me jump to the end here because I feel like a good design process does that. Um, let's say we're you've collected your data, and I I have a separate question about how much data. Um, Let's say you've collected your data, and you said, let's say that the at the the mean travel time for like uh, the Muni method mm-hmm. is what? What do you think? It would, uh, sorry, I, don't, I have no concept. Oh, like twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> let's say the I mean think it's, t- I think it's around like seventeen minutes. Okay, yeah. let's say the mean is twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And what else do you want to calculate? Let's say the standard deviation is five minutes. Yeah. What do you do with that information? So I think that I like in a in a completely crass world, for example, I would choose different cutoffs based on like the importance of a meeting. <laughs> and I think people do this. So if you have like a super important meeting, this is like a career making meeting, you leave like an hour early just to be like, okay, I need a lot. Of, I don't want to be late. And so so there you're like, I am going to do three standard deviations above the mean so that I show up. Like, it's very unlikely that I'll show up outside of the time I predicted, right? Right. And that happened to me this week because, like, when I had to, like, bail on the train, I was trying to get in for a good meeting and I had left a lot of time and I was still five minutes late. I was just like, darn it. Like, this isn't fair. (laughs) Anyway. Um, But that was, like, a catastrophic failure that happens rarely. So, you know. And it wasn't the end. I just texted and I was like, I'm muni happened. Like people understand that, right? (laughs) People Um, around there actually. uh, Yeah. People around here understand. Um, But then, yeah. Like if it's like a touch base with someone where you have a really strong relationship and, you know, they know that you value their time, then maybe you only do like one standard deviation up, you know? Um, Or you're like someone who's baked this into their worldview and you always leave early and then you don't have to do any of this, right? (laughs) I I would love to know who's on that list of people. (laughs) Oh, there are people. I can think of specific people from like Hopkins at my time who were just like, you know, the people who are just in the office like at 8 a.m. every day and like they're not bothered by it. Like, I don't know. Some people have that like a settledness inside i don't know how to describe it but then then everyone also knows the person who's like always rushing around and like late all the time and like you know busy busy um and i think like (laughs) there's like just the zen part of me that's like that is a form of dealing with suffering that is like valid and uh (laughs) i don't know like like 
what's the right word for like it's it's even like put on a pedestal a little bit it's like canonized or that's not the right word but something uh uh you're killing me here it's like good eyes (laughs) yeah but like anyway the point is i don't want anyone to leave this podcast thinking like this is the solution to my woes like i don't have to deal with the fact that i'm an inpatient person i just need to build the right data collection system but because I was in that world for so long of thinking the latter was true, I've figured out all these ways to optimize. So that's what I'm trying to say. So on a more mundane note, as the words were coming out of my mouth, it occurred to me that um, I think I might have modeled the data incorrectly. Oh, really? How so? Well, I, so I said mean and standard deviation, right? Yeah. So that kind of implies that you're using a normal distribution. Yeah, I don't think it's normal. But you're talking about like travel times, basically, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's probably some better distribution. Well, it's always Uh, positive. So right. So some sort of like gamma. It's probably log normal. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we run into that. I feel like that's every single analytics problem. It's like almost always positive, and it's almost always log normal. I mean, not log normal. It's something where logging helps. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Log log normal. I think. I don't know. That suggests that you could have some pretty extreme. (laughs) Oh, but I can. Like, I literally had. I mean, the number of times that I have been in Muni and everything's a disaster and then i get out and i take like the slowest train like there's this little f train that goes up and down market that's like it's like for tourists kind of it's like it stops at every stop and they use all these old kind of like cable car type things it's not the official cable car but they it's actually pretty cool they like import various trains from like milan or like historical trains so it's like extremely slow right and there are times when that's just like the solution i'm like it is a disaster. Every bus is terrible. I am just going to take this like trolley to work right. <laughs> and I'll call my dad. So I feel like I'm doing something, you know, cause can't possibly have any blank moments in my life. You know? No, definitely not. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> so, so I think if there, are, I, I would, I feel like if there are any economists listening to us right now, they're probably like screaming at us because like so the determining how you use the data here probably requires some sort of like cost function right yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah i think you're right that this we could have like reframed everything because it once i started talking about like you calibrate the standard deviation you use based on the value of showing up on time like that's definitely like an economic transaction of some sort well and I feel like um, that's why I thought like the discussion of the distribution is interesting because it, off, it might come down to like how how do you th- what do you think the tail of the distribution looks like right so what's the worst case because if you want to like minimize the worst case scenario then you really really need to know like what that tail looks like yeah right there's like because extreme it, value theory I I remember I did some project on that in college I think like the way that they model like what's the fastest hundred meter time you know just, right. Yeah, it's like every once in a while you have this like one observation that pops out and like over time, you know, they like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally forget the details, but I do know there's a paper on that specific case. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and the definition of extremes is that like you don't have a lot of data, right? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it could be tough, but I think so a lot of it relies just comes down to like what you assume the model is. Um, and then, and then you could kind of like curtail the worst case scenario. Or if you think you can model, like what's the probability that your commute time is going to be more than, I don't know, an hour or something. Um, 
and then maybe and then that would be like when you leave right to like that to like avoid that worst case scenario yeah but you'd only do that for things where you highly value it exactly right because time is money (laughs) (laughs) time is a currency of one sort time is all yeah time is gonna say time is sleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly time is sleep time is you know cleaning up the apartment cuddling with the cat yeah catching up with the boyfriend like there's lots of stuff so yeah time is something that is of value to you and so how you spend it is interesting so my other question was how much data do you think you you'll need this is where i feel like I'm a bad statistician because usually what I do is I start the analysis with like a small amount of data and then I figure out how much I need. <laughs> well, but, okay, but is it going to, okay, but hold on a second. Is it going to be like an adaptive situation where you, you start with one observation and you just kind of go? Yeah. You kind of adapt as you go? Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly like I'll probably like there is more variance in the data collection than I realized. And so I may think of a new system or I don't know, like, and it's also like, there's never, at least I think if I figured out the perfect way to passively collect the data, then there'd be no cost to collecting data. But right now there's cost to collecting it. Cause I kind of like notice, I kind of keep track of like, did it log today or not? And then I have to text and say the method, um, so, like, in my head, I was like, this will be an exercise for, um, I will have a set experiment time, and then I will be done with it, versus, like, this is my Fitbit that I'm going to wear every day for the rest of my life, you know? Um, right, right. Yeah. I've gotten an implant of a Fitbit in my arm so that I will never not know how many steps <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I, I have a proposal for you. Okay. Oh, for us, I should say. Yeah. Um, what, let's say we collect some data mm-hmm. and then we make it available. Yeah. Yeah. For and then ha- the listeners can, uh, they can, can help do us out. Yeah. No, I like that. Especially, I mean, I would still love to hear, did, I'm not sure if we heard from anyone else besides the person who'd done the Google, um, the kind of like Google commute time predictions, which it sounded like he, it, he was able to access the API, which is interesting. I mean, that's, a, that's another thing I wish I'd brought up more is that like kind of your, your technical skill requirement or your technical skill acquisition can kind of end up following these use cases. Like if this is super important to me, then I should probably learn how to access that API. Um, right, right. Yeah. So like it's, that's sort of how I've gone about technical skill acquirement professionally um, versus being like, I should learn this because it might be helpful. Um but, sorry, what was the first? <laughs> what were you actually I, asking? I, I would just say we should put the data, we should make the data available. And oh, see yeah. People can help yes. us out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I should scrub it. Maybe that's, although maybe I shouldn't scrub it. And I should just see what people are able to do with it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see what, I, I still have to decide what, even like what I'm going to record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, okay, I remember the point I was trying to make, which is that this will be especially interesting to people who like, never set up the system to collect it, but maybe are still intrigued by the problem. But I would, I would love to hear if other people like thought through this problem, because I do think that part is in some ways the most important part, you know, which part like setting up, thinking through what could you collect? What makes sense to collect? What are the assumptions in the data that you're collecting? Like, Like going through the, I would encourage people to go through that process even if you end up like not 
you know, not doing it long term or something, but it's still, I think that's the skill set that's important to develop if you, you know, want to work in data science. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think actually, you know, thinking about the, you know, making the data available, um, there is like a complementary problem, which is, uh, like what data should you make available? Um, which we can maybe talk about later, I think. Um, cause I think there's certain things that you, you like, you, like you suggested that we, you wouldn't want to make available. Um, but then the question is, well, how do you, how could you, or how might you convert it to something that is, you know, acceptable? Yeah. Yeah. But like now I'm thinking maybe I should just make the raw data available where, because I didn't set up, what I really needed to set up was a text that just said ignore, like ignore today. Um, and I never did that. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe I could just do that. Like, and then I would be comfortable sharing the data. And like the reason I'm not comfortable to share it is actually just because I didn't do a great job of data collection. Um, but maybe that's like, maybe that's something that people need to learn to deal with. So I guess I wonder, like, I guess this isn't maybe not a problem that you think about very often because you don't really, you guys don't really share data. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And they're sharing to the, the company in general, but almost always that's like high touch where you've like scrubbed it. And, yeah. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like, this is something that I think about once in a while. It's like, how do you make data available and what's appropriate? And, or how can you transform it so that it is appropriate? And things like yeah, that, so. yeah. So. Yeah, there is some like you know PII as we call it, like personally identifiable information, right? Yeah, like there's some aspect of PII. Like people would know what time I get to work and what time I leave, and like not that that's like something that bothers me to share. And like you end up sharing that when you're on Twitter, like you know, it's like right. not information <laughs> people don't have. But still, it's like it's it's. I'm sure there are many people out there like Richard Stallman. <laughs> Who wouldn't even like use a key card to get into work because like that's like the man tracking you. So Well, like um, so like you could release like, you know, leave and arrive time or you could release the you know, the time of it the you know, the difference between those two. Yeah, right. 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 So, yeah, exactly. But the time is important because that affects Oh, that's another covariate. I meant to mention that. The time of day is like a pretty big covariate in terms of the variance too. Oh, in terms of predicting, yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. if it's yeah. like nine when everyone's rushing to work, that's really different than like three p.m. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so that that that's the thing. It's like I could release just the differences, but then it's not as uh, it won't be as good of an analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I could bucket the times. I could just be like, this is 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. or whatever. Like sometime in that bucket. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a course in the data. Yeah. 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 Course in the data. That's, <laughs> you're good at this stuff. <laughs> 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 that was the right word. <laughs> I feel like I'm finally getting the recognition I deserve. Yeah. I, you know, exactly. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like interesting. I, you're right that I don't think about this problem. And, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, so I've you know, so you've already started. I guess is what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Well, I yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm far behind. I feel like maybe this was beta mode, and I haven't gone into like the full launch. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you're... I know this motivation for the data collection, I will probably be a little more diligent. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do we have a plan then? 
I, I mean, I was going to investigate if I can just make an Airtable public because that would be easiest for me. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what I, uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, and it would of course be nice to hear if people are finding this like helpful. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just one person needs to use this data set, and then. It'll well, be I think if the discussion itself is useful, that that would be helpful to know too. Yeah, yeah. I guess you probably publish data sets all the time without knowing if anyone will use them. Well, I I know no I know whether I know that people don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hard data on that. <laughs> Wait, how you get downloads for? No, I just uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, like ninety nine percent of the work I do. Nobody, like you know, nobody cares, right? So right, um, yeah. they're not downloading the data. That's for sure. Yeah, but you're just intrinsically motivated. That's such a bad. Intrinsically motivated is such like a hand wave. Like you're motivated by something other than people downloading your data. Yeah, motivated by this, the fact that it's the right thing to do. Yeah, most of the yeah. time, you have an internal moral compass. <laughs> yeah, in terms of data sharing, you're making me feel really good about myself. I know this, today. Yeah, but it's true. You should feel good about yourself. You do the right thing. <laughs> All right. Are we, uh, is this it for the design challenge for now? <laughs> that was a little bit longer of a segment than we were probably originally thinking. <laughs> well, you know, okay, but lesson learned. There's a lot to think about. There right? is, yeah. Even for a toy problem. And I, and I would argue the more you spend, the more time you spend in this segment, in this part of the task, right? Uh, the better you are. Oh, better yeah. I mean, this is the thing. That's all that. Remember, it's like when we kind of think about it from the data, it's like you need to go back and figure all this stuff out, right? Versus right. if you do it all yourself, then you're like set for the data analysis. Like you don't have to notice some weird anomaly in the data and be like, how did this happen? And go back in time and figure out what happened, you know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I, I have a bit about training data. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to hear my training data story? Yes. <laughs> so I've been thinking about... Um, now, you have, you have to bear with me here, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. I think you have to bear with me. <laughs> so I've been thinking about so about my ability to speak Chinese. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think my ability to speak Chinese can be fairly characterized as limited. <laughs> um, is this Mandarin? Yes, Mandarin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what it comes down to is when I was, like, a kid uh, in, like, the mid-1980s, mm-hmm. uh, I went to, like, many Chinese-American kids, I went to Chinese school. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, like, the Jewish kids went to Hebrew school and the Japanese kids went to Japanese school or whatever. I see. I didn't it's always that. A, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I don't know. It might be an East Coast thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so the it always, it's always on a Saturday, and... Um, and you go and you like learn about your culture, basically. Yeah, that's cool. And, and in like particular, that. you learn your language, right? So I learned Chinese in Chinese school. Uh, and then, you know, that happened for a couple of years. And then by the time I hit high school, there was like more important things to do. <laughs> do <laughs> learn about your culture. <laughs> are your parents, uh, where do your parents speak Chinese? Like, they're, so Yeah, so they're, they're from Taiwan originally. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't really like speak Chinese in the house. Uh, uh, so... It was helpful to like learn it outside. Mm-hmm. So this is like circa, let's say, 1985 to 1989, let's say, or mm-hmm. roughly. Uh, since then, like I haven't really had that many opportunities to speak Chinese. Um, I took Chinese in college, but I kind of like 
forgot most of it. I don't really didn't really retain anything. Um, and so like everything I know is from that like period of my life, right? So I, I rec- so recently now it's like thirty some years later, right? <laughs> and I I started thinking about like uh, like you know my ability to speak Chinese, right? Which is like it's it's okay. Like the accent, I don't have it's just a bad accent, right? Um, yeah, but that, like that makes sense. Cause, but like my yeah. vocabulary, you know, is kind of like frozen in time. Yeah, in, like nineteen eighties, right? I've heard this a lot, by the way, from people who really. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, one of my coworkers is from uh, Uruguay, and she talks about that too. She just went back, and she was like, she's from there, but then she grew up mostly in the states, and then like kind of went back and forth a bit, but for the most part, grew up in the states. And so, um, she she it's like she's fluent because she spoke it with her parents, but then she doesn't have any like like when she's there, she doesn't come across as someone from there because her vocabulary is just like very limited. Yeah. So like, okay. So I don't have. I don't really have that kind of experience because, like, I I don't like go back to Taiwan and talk to like I'd never do that, right? So, um, and so like I guess it's funny. I've never heard of anyone talking about this problem. Really? I this is not when she explained that to me. It was like not the first time I'd heard it. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So like, I, well, first of all, there's a couple problems. One is that like there's lots of words that I never learned because those things didn't exist back then. So like I never learned the word for like the internet, for example. Yeah, right. <laughs> or oh, or like mobile phones. Yeah. Um, or like you know laptop computers or uh, you know stuff like that. So, but that's no problem. You just learn the words, right? But and then there's like words that people don't use anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And that that kind of thing like gets me scared because it's like I don't know what words yeah, people like don't radical. Use. Like, <laughs> like I'm thinking of like what was popular in the eighties. Like, gnarly. Yeah, yeah, gnarly. <laughs> I feel like that was early nineties, but maybe it's like Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um no, totally. Yeah, that makes perfect sense too. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course the the most concerning is like words that are like downright offensive now. You know? Right. Um, There's definitely a lot of those from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so if there I mean if there are in English, right, there must be them in Chinese too. Yeah. Right? And so. that actually I've seen that happen even in like different English speaking countries where like there's a, my friend Hannah Wallach was talking about this where it was like there's a word in English. I, I like don't even want to say it, but it's like common to say in the U.S. Like it was a common like thing. But in England, it comes across like really offensively. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so and like it's um well, I'll, I'll just say like the it's like the like. Um, she was telling me there's some sort of like, there's like the spasmodic society or something like, like that's like that the symptoms of having spasms is like a serious medical condition. And so any sort of like, like shortening of that term (laughs) that you might say, like that person is being that way, uh, is like pretty offensive in England, but in the US it doesn't hit you that way. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And then it goes the other way too. Like there's things that are fine in like, you know, Australia or New Zealand that are not fine in the US. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So there's uh yeah, so that's like a there's like spatial and there's temporal comparisons. Yeah, right? yes, exactly. <laughs> Just to bring it back into my world here. Yeah. Um so the problem, my problem is that there's like no way for me to update this trading data. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's gone. Like that time has passed and I'll like, I, I can't like update my knowledge of the language anymore. That's not you know, true. Like, well, I mean, in theory I could, but 
Not in practice. <laughs> I mean, if I'd moved to China, that'd be one thing. Yeah. Right? But, or like movie. Can you like watch movies? Um, like modern Chinese movies. Oh, uh, that's no. Uh, that's kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, what you really need is like a trusted friend who can like point out when right you say something that is like, "Ooh, that's not okay anymore." Yeah, like someone who can guide you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we all need, like, in any of these situations. Like, if you don't understand the context you're in, you can either get, like, yelled at and ostracized. (laughs) (laughs) Or someone can, like, have empathy for your situation and be like, that makes sense why you would not know that. And you're not a bad person. And let me also give you this advice in a gentle way so that you don't get defensive. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I'm fascinated by the fact that you have like heard this multiple times. I just. Uh, I mean, it's not like some groundbreaking like observation. I, I admit, but like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I've talked to anyone about it. Yeah, know? that's that is interesting to me too. Like, yeah. I mean, I actually have had someone reach out to me when like something negative. Like this person said something in public that was perceived. This was like one of these kind of like different English speaking cultures. And, um, which is why I had the conversation with the other person about the, like, like people with spasms thing. Um, anyway, so like it, someone reached out to me and was like trying to figure out why someone was yelling at them. And I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. Like, and like tried to get, talk to all parties involved to be like, okay, there's like context you didn't know. There's context you didn't know. Like, cause everyone's like a good person let's not question that you know and and i do think like in general like the like calling out culture like it's like the opposite of empathizing with someone like because you're just kind of like you are bad and i'm gonna broadcast it to lots of people versus like let me understand why you said it that way and like anyway so um yeah i feel like people have reached out to me about it and then i don't know somehow like i've I've had this conversation multiple times when people go back home and then like this comes up frequently. So yeah, I don't know why that happens. (laughs) I guess I'm more friendly than you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) actually I have a related question to that, which is how often do you meet a statistician and, or no, not a statistician. Do you meet a lay person and they immediately tell you that they're bad at statistics? Before me telling them that I am a statistician? No, you tell them. So, like, you meet someone at a cocktail party and they're like, hey, I'm like Cindy. And I'm like, oh, I'm Hillary. Um, and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a data scientist. Like, my background's in statistics. And they're like, oh, I hated statistics. Or, like, some sort of like, I was bad at statistics. And yeah, I would say, like, I mean, offhand, like the vast majority of times. I know. I was like, it's like 75 to 90% of the time. Yes. Right. That's what I would have said. There are statisticians out there this never happens to. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That was fascinating to me. Like, because I went to this wedding with like a ton of statisticians. And like, that was my first question to one of them. And they were like, no, that's never happened to me. And I'm like. Was this recently? uh, It was in the last five years. Yeah. Because I could see that like. It like recently, since it's been in the news and stuff, you know, maybe people are less like, maybe I, you know, in the sense that like now, like people want to be data scientists slash statisticians, whatever, and so it's like they're less likely to say that. Yeah, but this was not. This was like this person saying like throughout my career as a statistician, this has never happened. You know, not like in the last year. Um, 
I see what you mean, though, but I, I think I think it's the opposite, though. I think more people are aware of it, so their guilt and, like, shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's another interpretation. It's, like, coming up more often. <laughs> Um, wow, that blows my mind. I can't. Like, I, I don't even know. What, I can't even imagine a world where that doesn't happen. I know. I know. It's. But I. I do think there's probably some sort of like immediate. Uh, like the person, the person who's saying I'm bad, they want reassurance, and they've like somehow subconsciously assessed that you're someone who might offer that. You know. Yeah. And like for some people, like <laughs> that does not happen to them often. <laughs> People subconsciously are like, this is not someone who's going to like, I don't feel safe to be vulnerable with this person about like, my yeah, feelings around yeah. statistics. And, like, I yeah. feel like the other possibility is that those people are just going to like awesome parties. Yeah. Like those people might not get out much. And stuff. <laughs> or that. <laughs> They're only with other statisticians. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. There's multiple. Or they're going to places where people are like, the mask never comes off, you know? It's just like, yes, I am brilliant. Oops, I just hit my mic. <laughs> I am brilliant at everything. And, like, this, you know, I would never, like... Like, there's, like, circles like that, you know, sales. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's not get too specific here. <laughs> but just, like, I mean, I don't even mean that in a bad way. It's just, like, literally there's, like, professions where you can't let down the mask as often. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the unfortunate part of this is that there are many hypotheses consistent with this piece of evidence yeah um, yeah so like we'll, you could be someone who just is people don't want to open up about their language woes um yeah <laughs> or you could not know many people in this situation you know like yeah i think it might just be that the latter you know the, the latter because um I don't know, or it's not like a topic that I bring up that often. But you know, you know what the other issue is. I think it only became an issue for me recently, because like I feel like so. This is what makes it different from like you know, if I were to travel to England right now, like I, there's going to be plenty of things that I'm not aware of, even though it's English, right? Um, but that's different. That's more like translating into a foreign language, you know. Like if I were to like the same issue would be if I like went to Germany or something, you know, mm-hmm. and tried to speak German. Yeah, like um, people understand your context really quickly. They're like, "This is an American who's in England," and these are the types of problems that happen. The, the issue for me is that like there was a time where I I think I felt reasonably confident and 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 like and it, and I you know I was probably correct to some extent, uh, but over time like I didn't change, but like the whole world changed, you know, and it's like. And so, like, it, this is, like, I feel like this is something that you can only experience over time, right? Because, like, when you learn it at the moment, you're fine, you know? Um, and so, I think it just didn't occur to me until now because, like, time has passed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. And, and also, like, I mean, I think what I was thinking, I thought you were going to take that in a slightly different direction, which is that people probably perceive people probably don't know where to place you necessarily because if you have a good accent you know you obviously like look like a Chinese person (laughs) like there's a lot going on there so people might like not totally understand where you're coming from and so the impact of you making a mistake would be larger because there's the chance that they'll interpret it as like why is this person being offensive? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Actually, you know where that happened, That where I was most cognizant of that was mm-hmm. in China. Yeah, well, um, exactly. Because, yeah. like, the first time I went to China, which was, like, in 2008, um, 
like I got the sense that people were not ready, like the local people were not ready for someone who looked Chinese but didn't speak Chinese. Like yeah, it was like right. a massive dissonance, you know. Yeah. Well, and but it sounds like you spoke a little bit with a good accent too. So yeah, like yeah. yeah so I, I, and I feel like that made the problem worse, you know, <laughs> because it's like he sounds like okay, but he's I don't know, he doesn't know any words, you know. So um, it's uh. It's, I don't know, it's, there's a whole thing there. But yeah, no, this is the problem that people describe of, like, it makes you feel like a foreigner in both places. Like, and then there's actually a whole episode of BoJack Horseman in the most recent <laughs> okay. episode. Okay, I know you've encouraged me to watch the show, like, 1,000 times. Yeah, there's, I mean, so there's a character who's Vietnamese, but also adopted. So, like, I think that's the situation where you can end up feeling, like, really disconnected from both cultures. Um and so she goes back to Vietnam and it's like kind of depressing because it's like, oh, I thought I'd feel at home here, but I just feel like more disconnected from this culture. Um, anyway, that's my that's my story. Yeah, a, tra- <laughs> a, a loosely training data. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I totally see the relevance there where it's like, yeah, like like data, the relevance of data to a problem changes over time, maybe. Or changes with the context. Yeah, the context changes it a lot, and the context can change with time or with location or lots of other things. Yeah, and then we delved into the emotional aspect of that. <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but your brother lives there, right? Does he run into this problem? Um, no. Well, no, he lives there now, so he's like up to date, you know. Yeah, but like um, when he first got there. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, see, even, I haven't even talked about it with him. I know. I'm like, come on, Roger. Like, I don't, maybe you feel shame over this. There's something very, very deep going on right now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad you just shared it with like a bunch of podcast listeners. I think. Right. I think we're expecting great... something on data science. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing to end the year with. Of like. You know, we do try to bring vulnerability into the podcast. Yes, a little bit of self-reflection. Yeah, exactly. It's been a big episode for self-reflection. <laughs> it sure has, actually. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> um, so in the last few minutes, should we just uh, wish everyone a happy new year? Yeah, yeah. It's been a good 2018, I think. Yes. Do you have yeah. any goals for 2019? I do, I do. I have like a sh- I have a sugar problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, and you want to increase it or decrease it? Decrease it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's boring. I know, I know, but it's like it is genuinely. It can genuinely be an addiction for people, and it is for me. <laughs> it's like as my stress goes up, the sugar intake goes up, and then like. But I've heard. I don't know if this is true. I mean, I I think I've experienced it. If you really go cold turkey, stuff that's sugary starts to taste like more extreme. And then you're like more turned, not turned off. It's not like it just happens, but you're more aware of like, wow, that was a lot of sugar. Do I really want to do that? Versus when you're in the throes of like only eating sugar all day, like you might not. You don't even notice it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I, I have it, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> well, because according to the last, so you don't, since you don't listen to the podcast, um, I uh, introduced the last podcast as the second to last episode of 2019 uh-huh. oh yeah that's right i saw i saw the tweet <laughs> and like i didn't even realize it until like 
I was like, uh, you know, I was like somewhere. I was talking to someone, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's like the last blah 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 of 2018." I'm like, "It's not 2018. It's 2019." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Oh." I've noticed like, that. I start to <laughs> mentally. Do you do that with your age too? Pro- I don't know. I, I think I do that with my. I start to feel like I'm the next year, maybe three to four months early. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I might do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, and then when it happens, you're not like jarred. It's not like, oh my god. Yeah. So I guess I've already been thinking about 2020. I'm like a year ahead. But uh, uh. what's crazy to me, this is the craziest part is that there's going to be like a presidential election in 2020. Oh, I know, right? It's like that feels like it was yesterday. I, just, I, I can't even believe that it's like coming up so quickly. It's such a. It, it was just so the the toll was so high <laughs> in terms of just like emotional well being of like the entire country. So yeah. To go through that again, it feels like we need like a good decade or so. Not that I want a decade of the current situation, but like we need some time to recoup, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say careful what you yeah. wish for. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that note, <laughs> see you next year. Yeah. <laughs>